What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Principles Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest, Dubai's very own exotic car king, Ahmed Mansour. Assalamu alaikum, brother. How you doing? Alaikum salam, brother. How are you? I'm doing really well, brother. And I'm really glad you came out. Thanks for, you know, most welcome. Uh, appreciate it. connecting with us. Actually, I saw your page about two years ago because I was planning on coming to Dubai and I saw that you were the guy to talk to. But after following your journey for, for a minute, not only am I inspired, I kind of see how you're taking the beautiful country of Dubai and really navigating it and using it like kind of like the American dream, but over here in, in the UAE. So uh, go ahead. If you want to give a quick intro on yourself, that'd be awesome. So for the people that are watching that don't know me, my name is Ahmed Mansell. I own luxury supercar rentals Dubai. We're the biggest in the Middle East. We've got over a hundred cars, uh, including Bugattis. We've, got, we've pretty much got everything in the market. I've been here for the last uh, five years. I moved over from Sydney, Australia. And for the last five years, all I've been doing is hustling. So let me ask you this. How'd you get started? Why, why'd you pick cars specifically? Cars, because I'm passionate for cars. And I always say, if you follow your passion and you commit to it, you can make something out of it. So there's people that are artists, like for example, Alex Monopoly, he, he loved to do art, look where he is now. And he's happy doing what he does. So with me, it's about cars. Some people like real estate, they love flipping homes and they, they love what they do. For me, it's about cars. So I thought even if I don't rent cars, I keep them as a collection. And if, if it does work out, if the, if the rentals work, I can make money out of it and make it as a business. So I sort of took a risk and I knew like, if I'm buying cars to set up the business, worst case, I sell the cars if I fail. Wherein if you go all in with something else, like a restaurant and you spend two, three million and the, the business doesn't work out, you lose mm. two, three million. At least right. I said, I'll yeah, do with the cars. Yeah, I got the asset there. And the real estate's okay as well. Like if you buy a property, worst case, it drops a bit, you hold on for a bit, the market goes back up, you sell it. So I, I sort of, I, I seen it as a safe investment and especially coming to a new country, you want to know what you're doing. Like you can't just go in and if you, if you go in blind and you don't know the locations and open something different than rent a car, it was a bit of a, for me it was like, no, I have to do cars. Makes sense. How was that transition process from Australia to, to coming to Dubai? The first year was a struggle. Learning everything. Um, like when they tell you we need an Ajari, well, what's an Ajari? Ajari is like a, a rental agreement. And you know, we, because we, we're from Australia, it's different. Like it's mm. like a lease here, yeah, they call it Ajari. Like all the words are different. And, you know, being an Arab country, it's the system's different. So it took a while to get used to it. And, uh, getting everything on the right track and then eventually just falls into place. But I think going anywhere in the world and moving to any other country, it's a sort it's of same, shock. yeah, it's a different proce process, yeah. At least here it's ultra modernized and it's a lot, like the technology is very advanced. So I feel like here it was easier than going to another country and at least I speak their language. So that, that was a bit of a, a boost for me. Did you feel at home when you moved up here? Man, I've felt home since I've moved here. I don't want to go anywhere else. Oh, I, love I travel when I come back to Dubai. I'm like, no, no, no. My holiday is in Dubai, you know? So like uh, I travel Europe, I go, I go everywhere. I've been to, uh, the only place I haven't been is to the States. Yeah, we're, we're moving everybody from the States. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're blessed oh, to grow up over there, but Dubai is just, uh, you know, to some people it's a fantasy land, right? When we come over here, we see opportunity, we see culture, we see education, um, and we see, a, we see a home base. Because I, I feel at home, you know, it's, it's crazy because my girlfriend, she speaks, she's from Iraq, so she speaks, she speaks Arabic, I speak Urdu. So you got yeah. English, Arabic, Urdu, everyone's over here, we feel With at home. The, if you speak Urdu, you get a long way in this country. Yeah. Because a lot of the, the workers and, and uh, a lot of the businesses are run by uh, people from Pakistan or India. Indian, yeah. And if you speak their language, you can go very far. 
Absolutely. With us, that was our struggle, language barrier. When people ring me and they speak in Urdu to me on the phone, I'm like, hey, hold on a minute. <laughs> I can't understand you. Was there more Urdu speakers or Arabic speakers? There are more Arabic speakers, yeah. but sometimes when you want things done, like a lot of the builders and a lot of the, the companies labor, that you deal yeah. with, uh, printing companies, uh, labor companies, all, all of them are pretty much run by Indians or, or Pakistanis. So if you, even Filipinos. So if you speak their languages, man, good. you can go a long way. Love it. Uh, so tell us about the, the venture that you started. You got into cars, uh, the journey of you know luxury supercars in Dubai. How, how did that go? First two years was a struggle, like I said. Um, I started off with a small business in, in, in Business Bay, like a small showroom inside a hotel. Pat had my cars parked outside. And we started off there with about seven, eight cars. And then now we're on 100 plus. After two years, I started to venture out. I opened a chauffeur company. And from the chauffeur company, we've mm -hmm. opened other businesses now. So now I have like four or five companies that, that, that are all mine. And um, they're all in that same ecosystem though, right? Same ecosystem. So it's all run around tourism um, plus real estate. So we've just started the real estate company because we realized there's money there. Absolutely. So what, what other verticals do you have besides the chauffeur? Uh, we have the luxury desert adventure. Ah. So that was my brother's. And now we, we've taken over. The luxury group has taken over. So we've got the desert camp and uh, he had jet skis. My brother's got the luxury jet skis. So he, he's still got that. And uh, that's about it, man. So like, if you want a car, we've got it. You want a buggy, we have it. You want to go to the desert safari, we've got it. You, you know, you want a real estate property, we've got it. Like, it's one-stop shop. Oh, I love it. Best you want thing. a chauffeur, we've got it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, we're actually thinking about getting a Sprinter van. So very good, lucrative business, bro. So talk to me about this. What was that breakthrough point? When you said two years was a struggle, when did you break through to the next After level? COVID. Because um, when, when COVID hit, we, we all went into panic mode. Uh, everyone did, everyone around the world. And then with us, it was like, uh, what do we do now? Cars are parked, we're paying insurance, we're paying rent. Mm. There's no tourists coming to Dubai. The locals usually have cars and they don't really want to drive a Ferrari, they probably own one. So I'm like, what do we do now? Uh, we wait. So after we waited about two months, bang, oil all of a sudden on TV, open for tourism, the first country in the world, everyone flocked over to Dubai, it got so busy. And then our business just went from like zero to 100 and then cars out the door every single day. We had to buy more cars and more cars and more cars wow. because everyone else was restricted around the world. So if you're living in France or you're living in Europe, you're stuck, you can't leave your house. You're in COVID, you're in lockdown and you've got this money saved in your account and you just want to let, you want to go and like let yourself go. And the only way you can do that is come to Dubai and spend your money. So these guys were all coming over. Hotels were fully booked. Uh, everything was full capacity. Restaurants, even if it was in the heart of the summer, 50 degree weather, people were here. It was packed. No mask or anything like that? They only had the mask, yeah. Uh, you had to wear the mask for you know social distancing and stuff. But then they started to ease that off. But people were still renting cars, people were still going out. Everything was normal. Wow, that's uh, incredible. Everyone was doing, they were obeying the, the, the rules that they had, like the social media distancing and all that kind of, sorry, not social media, yeah. uh, social distancing. Yeah. That was fine. Um, yeah, there was not, not many people got fined because everyone, here they respect the law here. They respect everything here. That's one thing about Dubai, man. The ecosystem that they've set up, the infrastructure, everyone respects the laws. Yes. That's why you have no crime rate. Yeah, 100%. Um, how's, how's living in Dubai compared to any other part of the world? Man, it's that question, I, I, I get it a lot. To be honest, um, it's the best place to live. UAE is the best place to live. And I've been to a lot of places, even like on a holiday, when you come to UAE, you fall in love. And then you come again, you still have that same feeling. When you go to other places, you can go to maybe Europe two, three times to the same place, and then you get over it. With UAE, it's different. It's respect here. The culture is nice. The food is amazing. Um, the law is, is benefit for everyone. You want to grow kids up in this country. Uh, they grow up with respect. I see other kids from other countries, like they come to visit, and, and oh, I see them come to my showroom with their parents and stuff. You can just see they're, like, they're not brought up the same as you. Mm. It's just completely different. 
one thing that we touch on in Principles Academy is parenting. How important, yeah. uh, you're, you're a parent yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How important has a, kind of Dubai shaped that role of parenting and giving your kids a good environment to grow up in? 100%, man. Like back home, my, my little cousins and stuff, we've got a big family. And man, at, two, at three years old, man, they're swearing and they're running the muck. Here, you don't see that, man. My son doesn't swear. And if he does swear, he knows it's a bad word. Like he knows it's wrong. And he will tell me, oh, daddy, I'm sorry. I said the wrong word. You don't get that. Like it's completely different. The way they grow up here, the way they teach them here. Uh, that, that was one of the biggest things why I moved here. Especially what's going on with the world out there. And, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the topics, but yeah. No, absolutely. So um, raising a child, you know, being a father, and you see these things happening in, in other parts of the world. How, how does that make you feel? I feel better that I'm raising my son here, but I feel sorry for the people that are getting raised in the wrong countries. Mm. But that's their choice at the end of the day. If they want to fix their choice, they can come here, they can move to another country. So someone from the outside coming in, I'm moving my whole family in the next few yes. months. Uh, what advice or tips would you give me? Uh, it's probably the best thing you've ever done. And you'll feel it. You'll take time and you'll settle in. Yeah, it can cost, like, it, like with, with Australia, you know, they give you benefits, they give you free schooling, they give you all that kind of stuff. Where here, none of that's for free, you have to pay for it all. But when you balance it, man, most of the kids here, if you see their degrees and you see what they're achieving, you just Google students what they're achieving and it's like they're all graduating, they're going to uni, 99% success rate, 98% success rates. There's no, like the school that my son goes to, tag in, tag out, they know you're at school, you get notified on your phone. Mm. This technology that we have that, but they don't use it in Australia or they don't use it anywhere else oh, well, in the world. Maybe, maybe a private school, but a public school don't. We definitely don't use yeah. it in the States. If you want, the school bus picks him up, for example, I, I, I got a driver, so I take him to school, but the school bus picks them up, they tag on the bus, you got live tracking system to follow the bus, you see the, the bus going to the school, he tags in class, he can't he can't jig school, he can't leave school. And is that general schools or is that all schools? Maybe 90% of the schools here. Wow. Yeah. That makes me comfortable. So, yeah, it makes you comfortable. They've got cameras on the bus, you've got cameras everywhere, like schools got cameras, like you... There's no issue. They've got assistant teachers where, you know, every, every 10 students, there's a teacher. Some of them have three teachers in one room. At least, you know, your son's going to be or, or daughter's going to be looked after. Like main focus is on the children, you know. Biggest thing with us over there and other parts of the world is when you leave your kids with other people for, you know, eight, nine hours, mm -hmm. you don't know what indoctrination systems they're being taught and their, their minds are being programmed in the wrong way. So 100%. when they come back, it's like, damn, I got to unprogram, reteach, re you know, it's 100%. Um, how old are your kids? Uh, so I have a stepson that's 14. 14. Oh, yeah, so he, yeah. yeah, so he, he's in that age, you know, middle school, high school, okay. going to that era. Um, but we actually pulled him out of school last yeah. six months. I've been homeschooling him because I'm an entrepreneur by, you know, by trade. Yeah. I read books. I attend conferences. 100%. I have online learning. So he has his curriculum set up for the day. He trains MMA. So last two years he's been training Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. So good. we have our routine. And anytime I go to conferences and events, I'll travel to Vegas or Miami yeah. or L.A., I bring take him with, him with me. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to take him with you. Yeah. I take my son to work every day. There he, we go. he walks through the showroom. He'll tell you every single car at wow. three and a half. He'll be like, this is a Ferrari. This is a Lamborghini. Wow. This is a Bentley. This is a Rolls Royce. Like he knows. And when he sees a car on a recovery, he see my Bugatti the other day on the recovery. Dad, your car's on the truck. Why is it on the truck? Like, man, four years old. And he's like, wow, that's my car. Daddy, that's my car. <laughs> yeah, there like we go. The, so like I, and me, when it comes to schooling, I left school when I was 15. Oh, you didn't finish? Yeah, I didn't finish. Okay. I didn't even go to uni. I didn't even go to high school. Like, wow. So I was in high school, but I didn't go to like year 11 or year 12. Mm. I dropped out in year 10, which is around 15 years old, 16 years old. What were you doing? I went, I started working at Macca's. That was my first day. I was hustling. Like I was trying to make money. Like I thought, why go to class? Or like, man, even if you look today, my friends that went to uni and studied their ass off, you know, one of them is doing uh, electrician, for example, by trade. Mm. One of them is a plumber. 
Like you, wow. tr- you studied, you did all this university. Like my other cousin was the first guy to find a special cell in, in a, like, you know, they do the tests on the rats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in, a, in a mice. He found a special cell in the brain and he's gone to uni and he teaches people at uni as a school teacher. He's only on $2,000 a week, for example. Wow. Like, it doesn't matter what you study or how, how far you go. Sometimes you can't crack what you're trying to achieve. Was that in Australia, the education yeah. system? Oh, interesting, because in the United States, I, unlike a lot of entrepreneurs, I went to college. I got two degrees. Mm-hmm. But if I look back, I would not attend again. My children, my children's children, my little brothers, hey, college, unless yeah. you don't have any plan, yeah. sure, do that. You know, you want to be a doctor, accountant, lawyer, whatever, cool. But there's so many alternative ways to make money. Would you would you, would you? you say that uh, mentorships and, you know, learning by experience have been a big part of your 100%. Life? Yeah, 100%. And, like, uh, if you go and work for a salary, for example, like, say you are a doctor, you might be earning 200K a year, 300K a year, half a million a year. Man, you can open a business and make that a month. So Absolutely. sometimes you don't need to go and study all these kind of... And when, when you go to business class and they're teaching you how to open a business and set up everything, it's like, man, why are you here teaching me? You're probably on a salary anyway. And Well, they've never run yeah, a business and they're exactly teaching right. you how to run a business. Exactly right. So man, I, I left school. I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of what I achieved. Um, I work hard every day, same routine from here, from this podcast. I'm going to the office, be there till six, meetings back to back. And then uh, I've got someone coming from the sheikh's office, I think in Rasul Khaima, coming to meet me today. Wow. For, they must have heard of who we are, what we do. And in Ras Al Khaimah, everyone knows they might be opening a casino there. It's been approved. Really? So they maybe want to push a rental car there because they heard me in my last podcast talking about uh, opening a rental car in Ras Al Khaimah. How far is that? One and, one and a half hours. Which, which hours. side is it? Is it Sharjah side or Abu Dhabi side? Abu Dhabi side. This side. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I'm still learning too. I think Sharjah side. Oh, Sharjah side. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. Okay. I, I usually stay in Dubai. Oh, I haven't been anywhere. Probably Sharjah I've been once, Imel Kawain I've been once. Ras Al Khaimah, I went the other day for a wedding. And that I think was towards Sharjah side, towards Imel Kawain side. Correct. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. So with, with you doing what you do, how, how, how important was your network? Uh, in, in Networking is very important. Life? And uh, like I said, at the start, you know, we got ripped off by so many people trying to come in and act like they know everything and they'll help you and all this kind of stuff. A lot of people can be here just to, to make money. Like a lot of people that move to Dubai are only here to make money. They're not here to make friends or network. Um, and some people are greedy and all that kind of stuff. But the people that we do with now got a good circle and I use the same people for everything. Like we all feed off each other. So if someone wants to buy a car, for example, I'll put him onto my other friend. Uh, he sells cars, he's a wholesaler. So they all buy off him. If someone wants to open a trade license, I put him onto my other friend. If someone wants to do something else, I put him onto my other friend. And then same same goes to me. If someone needs a car, they send me clients. Yeah, a little referral. Yeah, a little referral. Yeah, we help but, each but other. The thing is, it's all trusted. It's all vetted. Very trusted. No, no There's one has no to go way in do the world do diligence. No way in the world anyone will get ripped in that circle. That, that's how we, we built it like that. For example, people selling UFC tickets the other day, people tell me, yeah, but I get a thousand dollars cheaper. I'm like, okay, go. If you get refused at the door, don't call, like, you're gonna have a problem because last year people were buying UFC tickets, going to the event, they were fake tickets. Like at least when you're buying it from us or from my people, it's a trusted source. If something goes wrong, I'm in the middle. I, I'll vouch on it. Like, right, I'll, right, you put I your can, name on yeah, it. Yeah, I put my name on it, that's exactly right. So our whole circle in, in anything that's got to do with Dubai, from real estate to investments to, to pretty much PRO work, to anything that you need. If you get a contact from our circle, it's legit, you know? Wow, yeah, that's that's, that's why when you said we talk about principles, that's the principle that we have. If anyone like, we don't like that kind of stuff. We are straight people. Boom, you know? exactly. So how, how do you, uh, and you, you know, it's crazy to even think about that there's scammers even in Dubai, right? I guess you can't avoid them any part of the world. How do you protect yourself from, from such things? Whoever you're doing business with, do a background check. 
check online, check the reviews, uh, if it's a company, um, ask for their trade license, see if it's still active. If you feel a bit negative about the company, ask someone ask someone else that maybe yeah, knows them, referral, right? ask for a referral, yeah. yeah, or ask them proof that they've done something before like that. That's the biggest way you can avoid the big issues. And yeah. that's about it, man. Like they've cracked down on those people that are doing those little scams. There's there's not many of them, but there's always that one that's probably living here, going downhill, needs to make a bit of money, and then probably wants to go back to his home country or something. They're the ones you got to watch out for. Mm. That's why I always check check their trade license, see how long they've been running business for, check their reviews, check all that kind of stuff. That's about it, man. Absolutely. If you can give your 18 year old self advice, what would, what would you tell them right now at this point, knowing what you know, do, accomplishing what you accomplished already? The thing is, some people tell me, like, I, I had a message the other day on, on Instagram saying, hey, brother, you know, I've had 24 jobs in the last three years and all this kind of stuff that I need help. I didn't, re I, I didn't reply straight away because I was a bit busy. Then I replied to him the next day. I'm like, listen, uh, never give up. If you have to work in a job, even if you don't like the job, it's fine. You got to do it. It is what it is. Save your money. Just a stepping stone. Stepping stone. Save that money to do your side hustle. And from your side hustle, eventually you open up your own business and then you will not need that job anymore. But if you have to work as a cleaner, you have to work as a as a bartender, if you have cool, to work, anything. I've tried everything, man. Yeah. I've done everything. Oh, really? I've done courier driving, I've done bartending, I've done basically a lot of jobs that I've tried and I failed at, not failed, I just that the money wasn't right, the boss wasn't right, all that kind of, just it, it was just enough to at least start not digging into my savings, you know, because that savings needs to go up so you can expand and do, you, do something on your own if you don't have that support or if you don't have an investor. And then there's some people, man, they have people that want to invest and they don't want to work. I have people that my friends have rich dads, they, go to, they don't even go to work. They sit at home all day. And it's like, man, take your dad's empire, grow it, make money mm. for yourself. Like, when you see when you see people like that, it, man, you know, I, I get I, I I get I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything, man. You get pissed off, man. Yeah, it's I think sometimes like people don't understand how blessed they are, you know. And especially you know, 100%. We, we come to a country when we go to third world countries, you know, Costa Rica, Bali, yeah. this and that. That has a you know has a good crowd, but it also has the poverty. Yes, crowd, of course, right? yeah, yeah. You can see you get a wake up call. You're like, hey, these people have less than us. They don't have the watches, the cars, the you know, the clothes, 100%. the dinners, and they're so happy and present. Hundred percent. So how do you combine the two? Taking you know the the, higher, the greater life, the, the the lifestyle that we all everyone wants, plus being grounded and holding gratitude and you know respect and connection to the. So the thing is, a, a lot of people don't understand. They think that money money buys happiness. It doesn't. Yeah, it gives you freedom. Yeah, it gives you the opportunity to buy things that you want and all that kind of stuff. But does it actually make you happy? No, it doesn't. Especially when you do see poor people out there. And you see how they live in it. Sometimes money is nothing, to be honest. But you do need it to have a better life. And, and money is a, a tool. Yeah, money is a tool. You have to use the 100%. tool. You can't let the tool use 100%. you. Hundred percent. So now, what's going on in the world? I haven't been posting because of what's happening. You know, obviously in, in Gaza and in Israel and the Middle East, which has been happening for a long time. Um, that's affected me a lot. So I haven't been posting online. I keep my opinion to myself, and that's the best way to think about it. But like. Seeing little kids without money, without, you know, without beds and all that, it hurts. Especially the way I live and the lifestyle I live, it's like, don't complain, you know? Absolutely. The thing is that we want to make the income so we can make the in impact. 100%. You, know? you have to have both. A lot of people chase the money because money, money is just a tool. It amplifies who you 100%. are. If you're going to be stingy or jealous or a broke mindset, more money is just going to make you more jealous, more stingy, you know, more rude. It's not going to fix your problems. 100%. But what can we do when we get this money? How can we give it back to the ecosystem. One thing that, you know, Cain, Cain converted. So I, I wasn't the strongest Muslim growing up, right? I was raised in a Pakistani Me household, too. right? Same. And Pakistan is a political country. It's literally India and Afghanistan. Yeah, joining, always, you know? always punching yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
long story short, I did a DNA test and I found out I have Egyptian blood, Burmese blood. So it's cool. Um, I studied spirituality, read the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, the Bahat wow. Gita. read all of them just wow. to compare. Wow. But as I grow up, as I become more mature, as I'm starting my divine family, I'm growing closer to, I never moved away from God. I moved away yeah. from religion the yes. way it was taught. 100%. So now I'm coming back to God. Moving to Dubai, seeing my friends, three or four of my close friends all converted from outside religions, all converted. I'm like, damn, how are they more connected than I am? And then the thing that really, really uh, stuck out to me was the donation part. In Islam, you got to donate yeah, 2.5% of your wealth. 100%. So I'm like, so I don't, I, I personally don't drink. Uh, I yeah, donate. Donation. I try doing all this kind of stuff, right? So I'm like, essentially, these are pillars that Islam taught us anyway. And then you, you give back to the ecosystem. It's really, really good for the world. And, you know, God's telling you, you, you whatever you donate you give back tenfold. 100%. See, uh, when it comes to religion, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm a Muslim and I believe in Allah. And uh, most important is I, I believe if you're good with your faith and you're good to people and good to others and help and do, do sadaqah and pray, I think that uh, that's the best that someone can do. Uh, at least they're getting closer to God. And, and that's what I do, man. That, that's exactly what I do. I think it's a lot of times it's a connection between you and God, you know, 100%. Uh, most of the time people, you know, even our parents didn't know any better. They were just teaching us the way they were taught. So they're kind of force feeding it down our throat. Yeah, and so like, I, I don't judge anyone else. Whatever they do, they do. I don't, I try to lecture someone if I see someone doing something wrong, but at the same time, man, it's between me and God. I, I do my part and I feel like, you know, one day when I meet him, yeah, he can decide what he wants. Absolutely. You know? the, the most important thing is, uh, you know, you, you live a life of principles. You, you help, you take care of your mind, take care of your body, 100%. doing good in the world, putting 100%. good energy out. Because a lot of people, they call it energy and spirituality. And it's, it's the same thing. You know, manifesting is the same thing. Putting out to the universe, praying, thanking like you already got it. 100%. And then just doing good, right? 100%. So uh, with, with you being in Dubai, with, you know, religion being Islam and, and the ecosystem you're building as a, as a high value entrepreneur that is giving back to the global economy. Um, what are a couple of things that you would teach you, you you would share with people that are listening that want to be in a similar position to you um and they want to be motivated or they're stuck and they can't get to the next level what would you tell them see sometimes it's it's hard if you there's some countries out there that if you're born in that country unfortunately like you can't get out it's very difficult mm. like uh some people in africa some people in poorer countries in they Asia, can't even afford yeah. a ticket to get to dubai you know so uh, unfortunately like if you can try help those people you can but this being one person you can't you can't always help the world it's very hard it's it's but i feel like if they just put their mind to something in their country and and focus on doing what what they love and and are hard working and save their money and sort of it's a bit difficult it's a hard question but like uh, i feel like if they stick to what they know work hard in their country save their money look after their people, their family, and mm. sort of grow the family together, because on your own is a bit hard in those poorer countries, and start like a family business, and, and they can achieve something, and it's a bit difficult. It's, it's, it's hard for them all to come to Dubai. Of course. You know? Uh, one thing I learned was like, take your first world money and take it to the third world and give it back into the 100 percent. Uh, one thing that Kane and I did, we built a bunch of water wells. That's the best and, thing you can yeah, do. And then uh, we, we built a school, yeah. a little orphanage, a little one uh, one house. Where did you build system. that? Uh, Pakistan. Pakistan, yeah, 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 Pakistan. Just because a lot uh, of them are getting them done there. Yeah. Um, and but you can do anywhere, anywhere yeah. that they need help. I mean, it doesn't matter, regardless of religion or ethnicity. You can you whatever you can. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyone, they seem like. Uh, Man, I hang out. I hang out with every type of religion. 
You know, my friends are, are Christians, they're Orthodox and Muslims, Jews, they're all different type of religions, each to their own. I, I don't bother anyone. I just do my little thing. I believe in my God and I do what I want to do. And that's it. But like with, with those people, if you can help them, I help them. It doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, what race you are. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're all, all human at the end of the day. Absolutely. Uh, you know? Ever since I was a kid, I couldn't. I didn't tell the difference between race and religion and color. It was just, well, how's your soul look? Because the same thing a Muslim uh, father teaches his sons, the same thing the Christian mother teaches his daughter. 100%. And most of the time, most of the religions have the same message, right? People 100%. argue about the, the, the message, uh, yeah. the messenger. They yeah, argue 100%. about the messenger, That's but all they forget is, yeah. the message. Yeah. That's the thing. So with uh, Ahmed, with, with all the stuff going on in the, in the world, you know, what are some things us as entrepreneurs can, can do to make a difference? There's, there's so much you can do and there's so much you can't do. So unfortunately, you know, we can't, can't do much on what's going on right now in the Middle East. The only thing we do is spread the message, you know, for world peace. Share the truth. Yeah, world peace. Uh, no one wants to die. No one wants to kill each other. There is always a, a bad, or the rotten fruit in, in each country. There's always a bad politician. There's always, a, you know, people's opinion that, that make, that cause these kind of issues. But I'm sure everyone just wants to live peacefully. You know, I want my son to grow up in a peaceful world and I'm sure you want the same. I pray that everything gets better and I pray that everything goes back to normalization and everything gets back to normal. That's all I can say, man. So one of the big uh, things with Principles Academy is teaching people how to be the principles of parenting, principles of fatherhood yeah. and motherhood, right? So let's talk a little bit about you and your relationship with your son. My little boy, my little Zane, um, he's my world, man. Like, uh, I'll do anything to keep that little boy happy and, and make sure he's in a good place at all times and basically, Raising him, I'm always around him. I take him to school. I pick him up from school. Like I like to be with him as much as I can. Mm. Even though I have a driver, sometimes the driver gets to my house. I'm like, hey, I'm taking him today. I'm, I'm bringing him home today. Um, I spend as much as time as I can with him because no one knows how much time we have on this planet. And uh, I want to raise him sort of my way. You know, growing up, you know, my dad never used to take me to the sports. My dad used to no encouragement from my father. Mm. in terms of, uh, it wasn't a bad father, he was always busy working. Um, so I didn't get a chance to go, you know, we come from a struggling family, we don't come from a rich family. So he had to work and put, provide for the family. So if I used to go to football or whatever, soccer we call it in Australia, he won't come and watch the games, he's at work, training, can't take me. Um, he was never a motivating father because he was too busy trying to focus on- Just busy on survival. Yeah, on survival, yeah. yeah. And uh, I want different for my son. Alhamdulillah, like I'm in a financial position, which is good. So I sort of give a lot more time for my son because I want him to, like, like you said, money's important, but it's, at the end of the day, you don't know when you're, when you're, how long you're here for. So for my son, he's in a routine. He's now, what, four and a half years. He doesn't even really eat candy. He's, everything's homegrown, organic, food's good. Um, he's in bed by eight o'clock. He's got school the next day. He's in a routine. He's very fit. Um, he already knows all the car names, like I said, but like, he's, like he learns a lot for his age. He knows how to do things that other kids at his age can't do, Beautiful. which is alhamdulillah, it's very good. You know, I've had a nanny since, since he was two. So like he knew his ABC at two years old and you had to count to 100 at two, two and a half. So like he's a lot advanced for his age. And I want it to be that way because I want him to grow up. And even if he doesn't do rent a car, because I might not be doing it in 15 years from now, but like at least have a business mind and I can give him my wealth and say, hey son, here, I'll take it and I want you to show me what you can do. Like I have, I believe in my son. Beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that you don't want to give him what you didn't have, you want to teach him what you didn't know. 100%.
That's the thing. 100%. Because I, I relate to you on the father. My father was an amazing man, but he was mm. always, he worked seven days yeah, a week for 15 years. Yeah. I didn't, I never got to see him. Yeah, yeah. I got two hours after dinner before I had to go to sleep for school. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, same. We, we, I think we have the same background, man. Yeah. And a lot I of think it, most, most average families and most people that have a day-to-day -day job, you know, like sometimes when, when I, when I get home, when my wife tells me, oh, you didn't see your son today, you know, you've been, okay, man, I've been busy at work, you know. We don't argue about it, but she's like, oh, you're always working, you're always working. I'm like, there's people that leave the house from nine and don't come home till 6 p.m. Their son's already asleep. They don't see their son at all for maybe six days. They take him out on a Sunday. I go, I'm with my son seven days a week. Yeah, it's not the right timing sometimes, or it's a short time, but at least they get to chew with my son, you know. Yeah. The, pre the fatherly presence, yeah. you, can't, you can't beat it. There's, no, there's nothing around that. That's why a lot of times uh, people that grow up in poverty or other sides of the world with violence and this and that, they're missing the father figure role. 100%. And that's a big yeah. issue of the demasculinization of men. Is 100%. They don't have a good father, good role model to look 100%. up to. So they're looking up to the, the people that you wouldn't want them look up, looking up to, you know? 100%. Like that's how I grew up. I grew up on the streets in Australia. It's completely different. I left school early and you have to survive. You need to make money. You need to, to work. You need to, no one's there for you. Like at least I'm there for him and I can guide him my way and I can guide him how to make money, how to grow a business, how to like, I give him my mentoring. And even if he wants to leave school when he's like 16, no problem. I won't push him to go to uni. Hey, you need to go to uni and study, man. Like most of the people that have gone to uni, they're on a salary, man, like in 100K a year, 200K a year. Well, they're, like stuck. they're stuck in the bubble. You know? Yeah, they're stuck in the bubble. Yeah. That nine to five sort of thing. I want him to be a boss. I want him to be a leader. I want him a man about principles, you know? 100%. So the thing, the way we teach our pillars is three pillars of uh, principles, right? We have the the principle of personal development. So that's what you're teaching your son now. Yep. The work hard, the, you know, the, the well-roundedness, the ability to learn, you know, being quick on your feet, that kind of stuff, you know, and of course, love, lo loyalty, the bond, 100%. family. Then we go to health and spirituality. 100%. Uh, because we want to, you know, a lot of people come to us say, how can I make money? How can I make $10,000 a month, $100,000 a month? Well, let me see your habits first. Because when the money comes, it's going to run away from you because you don't have that foundation. 100%. So I think you're using, without even knowing the principles of, you know, Principles Academy, you're using that same kind of infrastructure to take him to the next level. There was a guy in the gym today telling me uh, that he wants to sell his car. One of my friend, friend's friends is like, oh, my friend wants to sell his Lambo Urus. Like, oh, he's struggling to pay his rent. Mm. Like, why are you driving a Lambo if you're struggling to pay rent? Wow. Why are you buying a Lambo if, you, if you're still renting? Some people don't have principles. Some people mm. don't have uh, a brain. They think more show, like they just want to show off in the world and, uh, wrong intentions. Yeah, wrong intentions. And that's something I'm not about, man. Uh, that's the same thing. Me and him, that's how we bonded, actually, mm. our, our uh, priorities. We, we both had several chances to buy supercars. 100%. And we haven't yet because 100%. we wanted to retire our moms. Of course. You know? Even if he's not retiring your moms, it's like uh, that money, once you're at a comfortable position, okay, go for it. No one says, no, don't buy that supercar. But get ahead a bit first. Like, make a bit more money. Feel a bit more comfortable. Like, especially if you're renting, you don't go buy a Lambo, man. You don't pay off your home first man or if you're getting the lambo on finance or leasing okay if, you, if you're in a comfortable position you're on a good salary you're making that money you want to feel good because you know you never know when your time's up I, I understand that but like if you're buying a car with cash and you're still renting and you're struggling to pay right. rent uh, something's not right well we see there's a lot of times actually kane says this pretty brutally but uh when people have uh you know the wrong intentions and the wrong priorities and they're taking care of their their you know a girlfriend or they're going to party every weekend 100%. and their mom's still working so kane yeah. kind of roasts them it's pretty funny yeah no no i agree man i have other guys that spend money on girls here like their girlfriends and stuff and they're only on a salary themselves and it's like man hey what are you doing man save your money first get ahead first but if you struggle for a while 
struggle for that six months, struggle oh, for yeah. that one year. Struggle's go good get for a shawarma for nine dirhams, bro, from the shop down the road. Don't go spend on gold stakes. Like, save it. Don't go out on evenings with, with your friends if you have to. Sacrifice. My friends were clubbing till four in the morning while I was saving my money in Australia and then six months down the track, oh, how did you get that car? I go, because you're partying, I'm working. I'm saving my money. There's nothing wrong with about, there's nothing wrong with partying. I do party from time to time, but all in moderation, all in time. And most important, like, you know your wealth and then you know, hey, I can afford that night out. Don't go struggle. Don't go throw money if you don't have it. Some yeah. people go put their children in schools and pay 50, 60K for the best school for their kids. They don't even have money to pay their rent. Like, mm. man, slow it down a bit. Just do that self-assessment. Yeah, that, that, that little thing, thing they, uh, they're crazy, man. Some people are crazy. 100%. They don't learn. So let me ask you this, Ahmed. What does, what does having principles mean to you? Having principles to me is like, the most important being a man of your word. Mm. That's the most important with anyone with principle. Like, it, I, I hate liars. I hate um, people that are shifty, shady. I like people that are straight up front, uh, straight to the point. They don't like to waste time. That's my main principle, man. Loyalty, it's huge when it comes to principles. And if I say I'm gonna do something, it's gonna get done. Whether it's gonna, co I'm gonna get into trouble for it, whether I'm gonna get a loss for it, whatever it's gonna be. If I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. That, that, that's my main important principle. Once you put it out, once yeah, your, wor your word is your bond. My word is my, my, my word is my principle. Love that, yeah. love that. Guys, I hope you took notes. I had my whole mental notes, uh, you know, my notebook in my, uh, in my head. So with that being said, this concludes the second episode of Principles Podcast, and we will be in touch. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you so thank much, you, bro. Hey, I, I learned a lot. That was, that was awesome.